Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Love Fruit Podcast. This time coming to you from Terra Frutis in Ecuador, which is a fruit-based vegan eco-village out here, which is also where the Amazon Fruit Fest happens, which is where I'm at right now. And for any of you in the UK interested in learning more about this diet and lifestyle, we also have the UK Fruit Fest happening this year. You can go to fruitfest.co.uk to learn more about that. Today I'm, in, uh, I'm joined by a very fascinating and interesting guest, Nicholas Mortoyas. Originally from Greece, Nicholas has been an osteopath, an acupuncturist, and originally from Greece, as I said, has lived in the United Kingdom as well and worked there, and now finds himself out here in Ecuador with this fantastic little house in the middle of uh, the Amazon jungle, really. Yes. And Nicholas has a lot of experience as a raw foodist, a fruitarian, so we're going to learn more about that. Um, Nicholas, is there anything else you want to say about yourself to introduce yourself? I think uh, you've covered most, most of it, Ronnie, yes. Excellent. So, Nicholas, were you brought up on a vegan or raw vegan diet in Greece? Uh, no, I've brought up in the standard diet, um, Mediterranean diet with more uh, flesh and secretions than in the past. Uh, but uh, uh, 1999, I went to UK to study as an osteopath. And at uh, there, um, someone told me, like, uh, how about uh, eating like vegan uh, and not harming the animals and uh, causing so much pain and suffering. And also, it's more uh, not eating flesh and secretion is most optimum for the health. So at that time, the concept uh, like clicked on me, and it, it was quite logical. Uh, and um, ethical for me, so I became vegan at that time, like more than 20 years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what made you get into osteopathy and what is that? Okay, that's an interesting question. Uh, when I was about 15, I was doing skateboarding in Greece and I had a bad fall, I had an accident and I had my back, my low back. And at that time uh, I visited um, the local doctors, the uh, orthopedic uh, doctor and the physiotherapist and they couldn't um, uh, let me know exactly what's the problem or uh, I couldn't get any relief from the medication I was receiving. So I was quite worried and then I visited an osteopath uh, in another town and uh, from after two, three sessions I was started feeling a lot better. And I was fascinating on the work he did and the natural methods he used and uh, the effect. So I decided to be an osteopath at that time. And yeah, which I couldn't study in in Greece. And then I moved to UK. Excellent. So you went vegan there um, in 1999. Was it a fairly easy transition for you or you take Uh, some time? It was, I remember at first I um, 
for the first six months I cut the flesh and then after the six months also the animal uh, secretions like the dairy, uh, the eggs and stuff. So it, it was a six months and six months. So I would say uh, it took me a, a few months to, to transition to that. But uh, I don't consider it was very challenging. Uh, yeah. Did you receive any benefits that you noticed? Uh, I've noticed uh, like um, I, the plant-based diet um, brought more peacefulness and calmness in me. And uh, I guess it's both the diet, uh, the lower protein and the not the hormones of the flesh uh, and also the concept of uh, being more peaceful and not harming unnecessarily other. So both of them, I think, brought more peace in myself and yeah. uh, energy. And when did you start to move towards more of the, the fruit-based raw diet? Okay, uh, that was uh, about 10 years after when uh, at that time, I heard by someone uh, the concept of we why to burn our vegetables uh, to eat them and not eat them in a raw, more alive state uh, than the rest of the animal uh, and the rest of the animals. And uh, that concept uh, I thought was fascinating uh, to not uh, like transform and process. Uh, heat process the uh, vegetables um, and also because I could see the the loss of color and the loss of vibrancy in them when that happened and also I've read the chemicals that are formed uh, in those when you high, uh, heat them so it made sense to me that that's a more of a healthier option and uh, a more of a vibrant alive option so uh, at that time, I started to to eating more fruits, more raw, more salads, uh, and gradually, yeah, I watched also some videos at that time. It was the uh, 2012. I became raw vegan completely, and at that time, it was the Woodstock Festival and the Fully Raw Christina and Dan the Man and um, Durian Rider Freely. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember and the Woodstock and so I could see a movement and I could see Christina being very passionate about her recipes and her lasagna and her spaghetti so all that kind of inspired me even more and I, for two years I was really into the raw uh, diet, dehydrators, blenders, raw gourmet dishes uh, until 2014. And what happened in 2014? 2014, like these two years doing all this raw gourmet uh, with no burnt uh, plant matter at all. Um, with time, I kind of thought, why do I need to make things as complicated and yeah. process all this raw uh, material and spend so many hours uh, and at the end, I thought uh, it's more simple and more uh, efficient to eat it uh, like as a whole 
And at that time, I realized that uh, some of the plant matters and processed raw uh, were not as satisfying to me, uh, apart from fruits. Fruits was like really easy to eat, easy to digest, tasty, just uh, how it was. Um, so I ended up eating more and more fruits. Uh, and yeah, at that time I also heard the concept of fruitarianism that, uh, and uh, the concept of like, I always remembered like in Genesis we have the concept of uh, Eden and uh, eat, people eating fruits and being happy and in harmony with the environment. So at that time when I learned about fruitarianism and I read also a book by Mango Wotsak, Eden Fruitarian, um, and Destination Eden, I think it's called. Uh, also, this image of Genesis came back to my mind and I thought how, how a nice way to transform this world and uh, yeah. So in 2014 I became a fruitarian. And what does that mean to you, fruitarian? Fruitarianism is for me means uh, a diet that is most optimum for human beings, is a diet that gives respect uh, to other creatures around us and living beings like uh, the animals, the plants also in some ways and uh, uh, it's also a very simplistic way of life coming help, that helped me come back to nature and appreciate nature and value it. Um, so yeah, it's more of some symbiotic life with, with the environment, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I've always thought that the fruit, pure fruitarians kind of have a bit of an ethical side of, um, towards nature, towards plants. Yes. And I've realized also with time that uh, the uh, plants are also living beings that uh, would like to uh, do their circle, their grow, procreate, and, uh, and so they have some poisons in their leaves, in their stems, in uh, some parts of them that uh, they like to prevent other animals to consume them. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, when I've realized that also through chemistry and nutrition and biology that also plants have some uh, chemicals that maybe are not uh, ideal also for us or a bit toxic, mm -hmm. like some herbs and stuff, yeah. uh, that was also something that I considered, yeah. So for me it was also, it was ethics and also health. So since 2014 you've been a fruitarian and uh, as a diet, what does that mean to you? What, what are the actual foods that you eat what, and what do you not eat? Okay, uh, I think I, when I started fruitarianism because I was coming from uh, the raw vegan gourmet of the low fat um, uh, concept and I was reading the 801010 uh, book at that time and the whole movement, I remember, it was really into the 80-10-10 during those days. Yeah. So at that time, I, when I switched to fruitarianism and I had that concept, I realized that I thought that, 
okay, why not uh, give up fat completely? And at that time on the medical world, I was hearing like fat is uh, like the enemy. And uh, I thought, why not give up also fat fruit, fatty fruits completely? Mm -hmm. So for uh, six years, I kind of ate only sweet fruits and uh, like um, vegetable fruits that are tomatoes, cucumbers, zucchinis, uh, pumpkins, and also the sweet fruits or the acidic fruits uh, with no fat fruits. And at that time, like over the years, and I was living in Greece and losing weight over, I was starting losing more and more weight, more and more muscle mass. Yeah and uh, feeling more weak, especially at winters. Uh, so, and I had some points that I went very low in uh, weight and kind of anorexic and suffered with depression uh, and some other issues uh, because for many years I didn't have any uh, fruit fats. And then at some point I realized that that maybe not optimum for humans and maybe fatty fruits are also there for a reason and uh, I when I came here to Ecuador I started uh, eventually cooperating more fatty fruits uh, like avocado and uh, also here in the Amazon we have some fatty fruits that grow here mm -hmm. like the apai, the niaku, the aguaje, the copal so there is more variety, some local varieties of avocados. Um, so now my diet consists of fruits, all type of fruits. I don't uh, uh, exclude any type of fruits. And um, uh, yeah, depends on the availability of the season, depends on what is around me. I, I don't like count percentages or ratios. Well what was a typical day for you like when you were a fruitarian in Greece mm -hmm. and what does it look like for you here? Okay. Uh, when I was in Greece, I've realized after a year in fruitarian the quality of the fruit being fresh and being uh, foraged and being collected. And uh, so I was doing a lot of foraging, especially the months that there was a lot of figs and grapes around and uh, mulberries, so I was doing a lot of foraging. So I remember I was waking like six, seven o'clock in the morning, uh, like when the birds come out and I was going foraging for an hour. Uh, what was available, as I said, mulberries, uh, and then it was apricots, and then it was um, uh, loquats, and then it was uh, some cherries, and later the figs and the grapes. So I was mono-milling uh, after the foraging at around uh, 7, 7.30. That was my breakfast. And then later in the day, around uh, 3 o'clock, I will eat a second uh, mono-meal of either sweet fruits or more, as I said, vegetable fruits of um, mm. tomatoes, uh, cucumbers and uh, zucchinis, especially in the summer that uh, we, in Greece they are pretty tasty. Do you think that with your losing weight, do you think it was to do with not eating fat or do you think you, you may have been eating quite a, a low calorie diet as well when you were Okay. Greece? Or do you think the fat is, makes it some kind of different difference? 
from my experience, and I'm not an expert, uh, I believe that it's both. I believe calories is a very important uh, concept that, uh, and because I've used to count calories also, and uh, so I kind of see the difference when the calories were counted in was a certain number and when they were not. Because with tomatoes, zucchinis and cucumbers you can easily go in low calories, especially if you don't eat fatty fruits. Sure, yeah. uh, but if you eat figs and bananas and grapes and um, other high-calorie dense fruits. Mm -hmm. So in summer I was picking weight even only on sweet fruits and in winter when the fruits were low calorie uh, like um, citrus yeah. uh, and also like contain a lot of water and not they're not dense sweet I was losing a lot of weight right, right, right. so I think cal uh, calories is very important and the density of the fruits right. also I believe that fat also helps us retain more fat in our body by eating fatty fruits. Right. So I think a combination. Sure. And a lot, a lot of people who criticize or don't like a pure fruitarian diet um, or an Eden fruitarian diet, they are, are concerned about people not eating enough vegetables or greens. Mm -hmm. What's your response or thought about that? Okay. I remember myself when I was eating uh, no fatty fruits and eating mainly like sweet fruits, uh, there was times that I was craving the, what I thought, the electrolytes, the salt, the minerals. And uh, that's why I ended up eating sometimes more tomatoes and cucumbers and okay. zucchinis than I would have liked. Right. Um, just to balance that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But still those eaten in quantity, they're very diuretic, I found. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> also low calories so I was getting some electrolytes but I was also losing electrolytes so I don't think that was balancing enough long term without greens when I've switched to the fatty fruits though uh, I understand and I feel they have more minerals and more sodium in them and the, when I have a, a, like sweet and fatty fruits together I feel balanced I don't crave like the salt uh, or the minerals as I used mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to have so that's how I balanced not eating greens by incorporating more fatty fruits uh, in my diet sure sure um, and what been have you received any so I don't think we even went into the difference when you went raw vegan and fruitarian, now in terms of health benefits, other benefits you may have had compared to a cooked plant-based diet, okay. what, what have you experienced there? Yes, uh, uh, going from the carnivorous, di carnivorous diet uh, to the vegan diet, uh, I thought it was one step, mm -hmm. but going from the uh, burned chemistry, the cooked chemistry, to the raw chemistry, it was, I thought, a lot more steps and a lot more harder. I was, I realized the addiction the cook uh, and the uh, food had on me. 
and the health benefits though I found it was a lot more than mm -hmm. from meat eating to the vegan diet. Uh, so instantly I felt my body lighter, I felt my more energy, I felt more clarity on my mind and think thoughts, more balance on emotions. Uh, I started becoming more inspired with life and living uh, and not wanting to slowly like uh, deteriorate my life I started finding goals so the whole life became more meaningful and more vibrant and more alive uh, and uh, yeah uh, uh, some like health uh, I didn't have any major health issue to heal but I noticed differences on my body like as I said my energy uh, and my uh, mood and my clarity so that was a big step and then from going from raw gourmet to the fruitarian uh, that was the key point that brought me closer to nature that's when i felt the need to go outside in nature and spend hours in it like uh -huh. try to forage try to be in contact with fruit trees want to plant my own trees and being a farm that's what made me uh, decide to leave the city and the town lifestyle and uh, when i became fruitarian long term not, not just like yeah. for a year it i felt the need to supplement myself from the natural elements what i mean natural elements i mean clean air uh, waters from streams uh, uh, to be in touch barefoot with the soil, have sun, constant UV, supplementing with vitamin D and uh, my uh, body, and be more naked. So, being fruitarian, really, I've realized how important it is to live back close to nature. And eventually, that is the reason I came to Ecuador and to Terra Frutis and started my own farm out of necessity, out of inspiration, to supplement and maintain long-term the fruitarian diet and lifestyle. You mentioned about breaking the addiction to mm. cook food. For someone who's trying to do that right now, what's your advice to them? Okay. For me, there were some things that helped me break that addiction that might help others. One thing is, first I started disassociating the word food from burnt plant matters. So when I, I will see a boiled potato or uh, a roasted uh, vegetable, I automatically consider it poison. I no longer in my mind consider it food. So I disassociated the word food from anything uh, heat processed and kind of associated with like poison like with chlorine with like a toxic right, okay. substance that was one thing the second thing is I made some social lifestyle changes uh, I started socializing and spending activities with close people with friends uh, outside of food time like out of lunch not in lunch or in dinner we i started having activities like 
with going for a walk, for a hike, for conversations, for um, other hobbies we had, but not revolving around food. Yeah. So I've limited my exposure on being in um, dinners and lunch with others when there was constant uh, smells and exposure of cooked uh, plants because as in every addiction uh, that has very strong hold of you, you need to completely cut it off and go away for it for a significant amount of time, like the drug addicts or the alcoholics. They need to cut completely uh, and not being in contact or in constant uh, uh, view of uh, and images of those substances. Mm -hmm. So I had to make some difficult lifestyle choices at that time. Sure. And sure. also another thing is continuously learn about the benefits of raw, reading books, looking videos on YouTube, uh, hearing like uh, pioneers, uh, all, like a constant bombardment in a way positive of information to reprogram my mind and my perception what food is like inspiration and cutting off the, uh, the stimuli of what I wanted to get rid of. Excellent advice. Yeah, good points. So you were inspired to come out here. You changed a fruitarian diet. You felt the need to grow your own fruit, be mm. in nature, be naked, all these be around fruit trees. And people really do feel that when they change to start eating more fruit. They, they feel the great calling of being more connected with nature or more in harmony. What was the process? How did you find out about this place? How did you make the transition to living here? Okay. Uh, when I've realized after being like, as I said, six years fruitarian in a city, how I couldn't thrive and I had these problems in the winter and with low weight and with the pollution and not enough sun, I had to make a choice either con uh, go back to not being fruitarian uh, and incorporate other foods uh, and uh, carry on living on the town and change the lifestyle, or I had to make a drastic change and get away from the city to be able to follow that long term and feel happy because I would get more moody and depressed in a city environment and in a normal job that I had from nine to seven at that time. Uh, so I, when I went very low, I had to make uh, this decision and get out of a really beautiful country that Greece is, um, that it wasn't serving me anymore. And uh, I've searched online where I could find raw vegan communities or fruitarian communities that grow their own trees. Uh, and that's how I came across the Fruit Heaven eco-village at first and then later Terra Fruities community. And uh, for me it was important to have a piece of my own land and grow my own fruit trees and have a simple house. And uh, here in Ecuador it was easy to uh, get a visa to stay here long term. It was the Amazon that was very appealing to me. It was quite pristine in nature and uh, also the ability to buy land on uh, and uh, Terra Frutis and Fruit Heaven offered that uh, possibility 
So at first I came to Fruit Heaven, then to Terra Frutis, and I volunteered uh, for many months. So I learned permaculture, how to take care of fruit trees. And also I explored the different lands. And after a year and a half, uh, I bought uh, a piece of lot, uh, my own lot, and started growing fruit trees. And a dream came true. Which is where we're sitting right now on your lot here in the Terra Frutis yes. personal plots. Do you want to talk about what, what actually are, what is Terra Frutis and Fruit Haven? Yes. And how did you find out about them? I found them online. I looked online for all vegan and fruitarian communities in YouTube and right. the first images I saw was the Amazon Fruit Festival at that mm -hmm. time that it just had started and also uh, Kevin uh, Rohilin Mastery at that time who was living in Fruit Heaven had yeah. made some videos and that was inspiring so th that's how I found about it and the website. Uh, and what are these? What exactly ah, are yes. these places? Fruit Heaven is a eco village and uh, a fruit based eco village um, where people and uh, come and uh, learn how to grow their uh, own fruits, uh, trees and uh, vegetables and they have the ability to buy uh, small plots of land that um, other investors have bought originally like big parts of land that they have split it in smaller plots and that uh, is easy to uh, get access and buy and uh, also they have the as I said the ability to help you uh, create like uh, your own uh, develop your own lot with fruit trees and house so you can make that reality if you don't have the knowledge about it you can find help and also Terra Frutis especially is an intentional community is a, a bigger community where someone who doesn't want to uh, have his own piece of land or his own uh, lot but wants to live with like-minded individuals uh, they can live in a communal environment they can live in the community they can be members of the community uh, and cooperate uh, to create uh, uh, like to plant f a lot of fruit trees and uh, reforest pasture lands and wild Amazon forest and make them fruit farms. Uh, Terra Frutis has certain core values. One core value is uh, plant-based diet, uh, uh, whole foods plant-based diets and highly raw, highly fruit-based. It's not completely raw, but it's highly raw, highly fruit-based. So that's one of the core values. The second core value is permaculture and reforestation, as I said, with fruit trees. A third core value is non-violent communication among the residents and the members of the community. Uh, fourth value is um, uh, abstinence of psychoactive substances. Uh, like not to be influenced under substances to uh, live daily and uh, cooperate with others and coexist with others without the need of sure. uh, these substances. Uh, so we have this core value and veganism, of course, uh, that's 
is the main core values of uh, Terra Frutis. And you're, uh, you have your farm now, you've mm -hmm. shown me around a lot of the fruit trees yes. that you're growing, all sorts of tropical fruits. Um, it's a beautiful climate here. It's a nice, yes. uh, it's not too hot, it's not, it's not cold at all. Yes. And there's, there's a little rain now and again. Um, can actually be a little cloudy now and again, which is quite nice as well. Um, do you have any challenges living here or do you feel that you've found um, your own sort of piece of paradise? Okay. Uh, this question, yes, I found a piece of my own paradise, which I need to create because paradise, we need to create it. It's not mm -hmm. uh, available naturally. Uh, but with the help of nature, we create it. Uh -huh. yeah. uh, but there are challenges, of course. Uh, one challenge are the insects. <laughs> the gnats, the nociums. Uh, but that's a challenge that usually is short-term, like for six months. Uh, after six months, you get a lot more accustomed to them. And when the years passed, one, two, three years, then you are very minimal bothered or none at all about their existence. So this challenge has kind of uh, almost passed now for I've me. Got to, I've got to say, I've been surprised by how I've barely been affected by any of the in insects here. Yes. In terms of not really seeing them that much, not really being bitten that much. Yes. You know, so it's, for me, that's been surprising. I've, I, I was, you know, half expecting to come out and have, you know, lots of, um, different insects coming into the room or being in the room where the food was and really there, to yes. me there hasn't been that many and I, I, I don't think I've been bitten that much either. So Yes, the main problem is the insects that you don't see. It, that's why they're called nociums or gnats. They're very tiny and they bite usually around the wrists and the ankles. Um, and that usually doesn't start like within the first one or two weeks. It, it creep, it's gradually gets more and more. After, oh, right, really? after a few weeks uh, and for every person is different some people react more on them they bite them more some others less mm -hmm. so for a number of people is challenging the first three to six months uh, but then it gets easier and easier so that was one main challenge I had li yeah. living here personally uh, the other big challenge which I consider it like a PhD or a doctor's degree is how to live communally. <laughs> uh, this is the most difficult uh, uh, thing, uh, not difficult, but challenging thing that I've had so far in my life. How to live communally. Uh, and uh, it thinks I uh, keep learning, things uh, that um, uh, like develop with time. And now the more time passes, the more I become adapted and I'm a positive contributing to the communal life. Excellent, excellent. So for people that maybe are looking to do something like you, buying land, growing their own trees, what would be your advice to them? Uh, for me is... Uh, First, someone to be clear about the reasons and the intention why someone wants to do mm -hmm. something and the degree of the effort he's requiring to put into that. 
So that's like to, uh, someone to be clear, to be conscious about a decision. In my opinion, not do it out of just rushing because others do it or because it sounds interesting. I think like consider it a little bit more deeply and giving some time to uh, consider the factors I think is important. Another important factor is someone to be, to, to be willing to leave some things like of the society or the city lifestyle behind and uh, be able not to uh, miss them too much, you know? Because there are people who are fascinated by uh, the idea. They come, they try for a few months, but then they miss certain elements mm. of the city lifestyle mm. or some human relationships that they left there. Uh, and they uh, went back. Uh, sure. And so I think uh, a, a someone is, I think, will help if he considers all the factors, know himself, and knows like the challenges he might. Um, sure. Yeah. And maybe come out come. and see the place first. Yes. Uh, maybe come to the festival. Exactly. That's what I did. I 2019, I went to Friedhaven for three months. It was the tourist visa. Uh, and then I've checked the place, then went back to Greece. Uh, and then I've decided that, yes, it is for me. And mm -hmm. a year later, came back 2020, ready for permanent uh, Great. residence. Great. Great. Um, yeah, so you're also an acupuncturist. Yes. What, what do you think about that? What's, uh, what's the uh, benefits of that? Okay. Uh, I'm an osteopath and acupuncturist. Acupuncturist, I think, is quite uh, helpful and beneficial, especially in individuals who live uh, not in nature and uh, um, their nervous system uh, is very uh, loaded with um, like chemicals and pollution and uh, uh, unbalanced emotions and um, extreme emotions and also chemicals from food that bombard the nervous system and the hormones and the immune system. Uh, so the more, uh, in a way, toxic a person is or uh, not in contact with nature, I, uh, from my understanding, the more in need of uh, tools like acupuncture uh, they, ha they have because uh, they need something to offload the nervous system, stimulate certain areas that there are imbalances, hormonal, uh, emotional and uh, immune system, uh, like leaf glands. Uh, but it's a, a tool that the more in close with nature someone lives and being when someone is in constant uh, contact, as I said, with the natural elements, the earthing, the sun, the plants, then his energy and his nervous system cleans and calms down and balances through those and there is less need anymore to use needles and stainless steel to stimulate certain uh, points on the body with certain elements. But it's a really uh, good and helpful tool uh, if you have some health issues that you want to balance and uh, or in transition periods, uh, I believe in it and I have helped uh, 
over the years. I practiced as an osteopath and acupuncturist for 15 years, and I have helped multiple individuals with those tools. Excellent, excellent. Um, well, yeah, thank you very much for your time today. Because how can people? What's your kind of vision here for the future? What What are you looking ah. to create for yourself here? Okay, uh, the vision uh, for me is first Terra Fruitis and the Fruit Heaven and this eco-villages to expand and more people come and follow this lifestyle and grow their own food and becomes more self-sustainable uh, with time. So the vision is these communities here in the Amazon to expand uh, with conscious individuals. Uh, that was like my kind of more collective and social vision and more like my vision also is like here on my own piece of land and my lot and the uh, house I have here, like individuals to come, like a retreat and uh, uh, live with me um, and uh, learn about this lifestyle, uh, how to like uh, eating fruits, uh, eat, uh, being fruitarians and uh, doing permaculture and cultivating their own fruit trees and being in contact with nature. So to experience this lifestyle really. So that's another vision I have uh, to inspire and be there and help people who want to learn and uh, this fruitarian lifestyle, the hidden fruitarian lifestyle. And how can people get in touch with you? Uh, they can get in touch with me. I have a, a YouTube channel where I post vids, videos about the Terra Fruitis community um, uh, and an Instagram and um, uh, Facebook. So uh, my Facebook is uh, my name, Nikolos Murtogias, and my YouTube channel and Instagram is called Nikolaus Fruit Lover. Uh, so people can get in contact with me and also they can get in contact with me when they come and visit the Terra Fruitis community, volunteer or rent for a few months uh, and meet me here and also through the Amazon Fruit Festival. Uh, yeah. So that's Nicholas Fruit Lover, so N-I-K-O-L-A-S. N-I-K-O-L-A-O-S. O-L-A-O-S. Okay. Fruit Lover, okay. that's my YouTube and Instagram okay, channel. Excellent. excellent. Well, thank you for your time today. Thank you, course. Ronnie, for having uh, me. It's been really nice to meet you. Uh, me too. I've and I've enjoyed your presence around the festival. Yes. Um, I guess I was going to ask you maybe one more thing is, mm -hmm. what's your spiritual approach to life? Because it seems like you've, it seems like there's something there as well that mm. maybe you'd like to speak about. I've not directly talked to you about that, but. Mm -hmm. Is that part of this as well? Yes, uh, I think uh, spiritualism and spiritual uh, consciousness, I believe, is important for individuals. And my journey from it, I came from Greece. I come from a Christian Orthodox background. I grew up in a religious family. I was came in contact with the scriptures, the Bible from a very young age, and also from, with contact with uh, philosophers from ancient Greece. So I was always fascinating to read uh, the Bible and the, uh, uh, as I said, the philosophers of ancient Greeks and uh, get an understanding of how 
uh, my life can be more efficient, more peaceful, more productive, uh, and more meaningful in this. So I grew up in a religious background for many years. Uh, fruitarianism it was something that uh, again changed my perception about religion and my connection with God and how I perceive an, uh, God um, or the higher uh, power or the universe. So fruitarianism was uh, gradually started getting uh, like um, I became less religious in some ways and more spiritual in other ways I believe mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, transformed my like trying to live uh, the paradise here on earth and or in an afterlife that's what I believe I believe that paradise is here and now in this earth and if we want to be happy and thrive and uh, maybe our goal is to go and create this lost Eden here on our lifetime. Uh, so when I uh, realized that concept, uh, that's what is a spiritual understanding for me to be in contact with all the creatures uh, that exist near me, the living beings, uh, appreciate the gift and the phenomenon of life uh, and be thankful every day uh, and enjoy and thrive and, and um, like cooperate with the phenomenon of life. And uh, so life is something very alive with me now, like living and thriving and uh, coexisting. Thank you very much, Nicholas. Thank you, Ronnie. Check out Nicholas at Nicholas Fruit Lover on Instagram, on YouTube, to check out what he's gonna do for the future. If you want to learn more about the eco villages here, terrafrutis.com, fruithaven.org, amazonfruitfestival.com. Go and make up your own decision and all that. Uh, speak to the people here, maybe come and investigate it uh, and, and see if it's right for you. Yes. Thank you very much, Nicholas. Yes, thank you, Ronnie. And I would like to say that people who live in the cities and in towns, I think it's important to visit and support the fruit festivals near them, create more fruit festivals, support Ronnie with the UK Fruit Festival, the Woodstock Fruit Festival. I believe constant stimulation and constant support is very vital on those times uh, we live in. Thank you very much. So everyone,